What's up, people? It's Brianna Bussell from the Affluent and Black Podcast. Of course, we have another special guest here, Kareem Rogers, uh, CEO and founder of HR Depot. How you feeling, man? Doing good. I'm tired of Chicago weather, as, as we were saying <laughs> outside. It's cold, but hey, we up for another day, so can't complain. Nice, nice, nice. So you have a lot going on. And and I love to see it because we went to middle school together. So it's all it's, it's good to yeah. see like people who came from the same situation you came from uh-huh. just come up and just do great things, giving back and just starting businesses. So it's it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. Can't wait to have this conversation. All right. So <laughs> tell everyone who you are, um, about your journey, where you grew up. Right. Uh just yeah, collegiate education. Okay, okay. Uh so where do I start? Uh my name is Kareem Rogers. I am the youngest out of eight kids. So I usually say we're not a family, we're a clan. I'm playing, but uh, I'm the youngest <laughs> out of eight kids. Uh I grew up around a f- uh, a family of hard workers, entrepreneur. Uh, my brother right now, he uh, used to own a moving company. Now he's in a real estate business. Uh, my dad, rest in peace to him, he was big in the real estate game, and he used to be an entrepreneur in so many things. Uh, my sister, she's a real estate <laughs> guru, honestly. <laughs> but not just that. Like I said, I got brothers and sisters who work hard. I got you know sisters who are managers who just does so many things. So I was really around a family of a lot of entrepreneurial and hardworking, hard-working people. And even my uncle, like I say, he's a known entrepreneur in the game. He used to teach at a uh, Harvard Business School. So wow. when you have all these people around you, I mean, they're going to influence you to start wanting to do your own thing. So grew up around that, born and raised in Inglewood. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. like I said, me and you went to the same grammar school. Uh, high school went to Urban Prep, and then for college, I went to the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. Uh, majored in business management with a concentration nice. in entrepreneurship. And then I went back to get my graduate in human resources, industrial management, uh, industrial relations, excuse me. Okay. So basically, like I say, everything just evolved to what I'm doing now as a mm-hmm. entrepreneur owning a resume writing business mm-hmm. and being a full-time recruiter for a credit union. Okay, so basically you're a rocket scientist, right? Basically, you know, <laughs> I like that thought. I'm a rocket scientist. Because <laughs> UIC is one of the um, top universities. Yeah, so uh, they're they're very well known for their accounting program. So the yeah. big three, they recruit a lot of students there, and they're actually known for their uh, engineering program as well. But like I said, it was so many people around there that I met so many people of diverse backgrounds that, like I said, once you're around certain people, they really just inspire you to do a lot of things. And I can honestly say because of the circle that I've been around, yeah. they really influenced me to be the person who I am today. Yeah, in, in, environment is key. Of course. Which, which is why I, I always tell people to get out of your environment. Yeah. You know, when I went away to college, that's when my mindset kind of shifted. And I said, okay, I can do this, this and that. And I started just to have higher, you know, like bigger goals and, and want, wanting to achieve more because and where we come from in Inglewood, unfortunately, yeah. you don't see much of that in the community yeah. as much. So, you know, it's environment is key. Yeah, I mean, one, one thing one thing somebody told me is in order for you to grow, you mm. got to get out of your comfort zone. So yeah. if you around the same people all the time, how do you grow and learn different things? Yeah, I can tell you since college, I've learned so many new things from different cultures, different backgrounds that when mm. I come back, I can tell my family, hey, do you know about this? Do you know yeah. about that? So that's what I'm saying. You got to be around different groups of people because once you're around different groups of people, you learn so many different things that, like I said, it influences you. So that's why I said you got to just have a different type of circle. 
hundred percent. Dropping, <laughs> dropping facts. So, how did HR Depot come along? Like, like, how how did you get that idea and mm-hmm. process? So it, it, it's funny. So I started it two years ago. Nice. But I will argue that it was kind of already something in my mind from college. So okay, uh, it all started my senior year, right? So during senior year in college, we're all trying to figure out what we're trying to do after uh, graduation because that's a big question for everybody right and i can admit i did not know what i wanted to do what happened was i met this dude uh in the uh, business career center uh, his name is mark williams and i should have told him <laughs> i was going to be on here so he was somebody who just saw me in the hallway introduced himself and said hey uh i got to connect for in the office you want to play and so he became my first legit mentor. And the reason why I still call him my mentor is I still go to that man to this day just for advice on certain things. So when it came to applying for jobs, when it came to resumes, when it came to everything like that, he was my go-to person. Okay. And like I said, I went to him for everything. And ironically, when I started going to resume writing, he was one of the first people who I told. So in terms of the business itself, uh, what happened was is there's this thing called COVID that happened. <laughs> so uh, when I graduated from grad school, I graduated when it first started. So I didn't have a graduation during my uh, graduate year. And at the time, I'll be honest, I was looking for a job. So, you know, when you apply for so many jobs and you get so many rejections, you know, that can sometimes put you down. But, yeah. you know, for me, I just decided, hey, let me try to see uh, what I can do to get better at this. And, you know, I started learning a little bit about resume writing, uh, learning about the importance of LinkedIn, just learning a lot of things related to it. And I'm like, you know, this is actually starting to be interesting to me, right? Mm. And then I told my uh, mentor about it, and he uh, told me about this dude. And if y'all know if y'all know who this dude is, he killing it right now, uh, Brandon Mitchell. He said, look him up because he does resume writing and things like that. Okay. So I looked him up and I saw how he was just killing in the resume writing game. And I'm like, you know, I want to do that. Yeah. So first thing first, before I did that, I wanted to be my first client, right? So, you know, I changed my resume, optimized my LinkedIn page, utilized some of the strategies that I recommend people do. And eventually I got the job that I got today where I'm a full-time recruiter at a company called BCU. Okay. So once I did that, I started to realize that a lot of job seekers make some of the same mistakes that prevents them from getting the job they want. So since I realized that, I decided to start a business in that. And like I said, it's been two years, and now I'm still helping job seekers find these jobs because a lot of them do some of the same mistake that really prevents them from standing out. So I come in and I say, hey, look, this is what you need to do with your resume, your LinkedIn page, your cover letter, you know, interview prep, things like that. But I'm trying to make you stand out as a job seeker for these companies because mm-hmm. you got to understand you are not the only person applying for these jobs. A lot of people are, so it is important for you to stand out as a job seeker for somebody like me, who's also re- also a recruiter, to want to talk to you and say, hey, let me interview you and see if you're a good fit for this job. So mm. that's why I say I think it all just started years ago where, like I said, just meeting my mentor in the career center, him teaching me. He was actually my first teacher, too, and making resumes, which is funny. Yeah. And this is where I am now with this stuff. So that's why I say it just it just all happened to just certain circumstances. And I can't I can't complain about that. Everything just aligned, right? Basically, yeah. That's yeah. God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, so something you uh, touch on, like I know you have different packages and I want you to talk about mm-hmm. what some of those may entail, mm-hmm. you know, as far as what they offer. But one thing you touched on is LinkedIn optimization. Yes. 
so many people underestimate the power of LinkedIn. Uh-huh. Every single career I had was because of LinkedIn. Okay. You know, and I think, especially in our culture, like, we just underestimate the power of LinkedIn. Like, we don't invest enough time to optimize our bio on there, you know, have a professional picture and just, you know, good details about our jobs. And it's unfortunate. Right. right. So can you talk about your packages and what some of those entail? Mm-hmm. If I'm a new client, you know, like what can I expect to get from you? So I uh, basically have three packages. Of course, all three of them entail mm-hmm. resume optimization, uh, LinkedIn optimization, cover letter. But for certain people, they're looking for different things. So, for example, if you're trying to get an interview prep, I have that one of my packages. If you want to have a three to six month plan where you let the business know, this is what I'm going to do once I come in, because that actually helps you stand out. Funny story. Uh, my boss uh, this week, because we're doing an interview prep session uh, for my job. She's like, can you please talk about that? I was like, oh, that's funny. OK, <laughs> so that does show that stuff like that matters. For sure, for uh, sure. I do have a video where for some people, you'll be surprised. They don't know how to optimize LinkedIn, not only in terms of, you know, making their page stand out, but mm. knowing how to reach out to recruiters. Because we always say it's not what you know, it's who you know. Sure. And people don't know how to find the important people to help them get in the door. So I do have a video where I teach you where to find these people. Uh, I have other packages as well, but that's what most of my uh, services entail in that realm. I'm trying to add more services where I'm going to do career coaching. I'm trying to create a right. course as well. Those are all future plans, but that's what's, that's what's going to be in the business eventually. Okay, okay. So since you're hands-on with people with resumes, LinkedIn. Can you talk about, first, re- on, on the resume side, some of the com- common mistakes you see people make on their resumes? It's actually funny. Uh, <laughs> where do you want me to start? Uh, for one, I-, I would say the one that I've noticed, and I'm not even going to blame job seekers themselves. This is something that I even did, so it's not like right. a job seeker just do this. They're just horrible. The one mistake, the one mistake that I think every job seeker makes is they use the same resume for every job they apply for. Mm. So, for example, if you're applying for Amazon, Google, Microsoft, you can't use the same resume for these jobs because every job is different. Mm -hmm. And so, since every job is different, they have certain requirements on what they're looking for in their applicants. The job description tells you what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. This is why I tell people, read the job description. Because I say this, the job description is essentially a cheat code because they're telling you yep. what they're looking for. So if they're telling you what they're looking for, make sure you have it on your resume. If you're putting that you're a janitor and you're, and you're trying to be a manager, it's like, <laughs> like no offense, you know, a work is work. But what yeah. is that? How does that relate to what they're looking for? And I think a lot of job seekers mess that up because... A lot of people have the qualifications that jobs are looking for. Mm-hmm. They just don't know how to put it on paper or how to sell themselves. So the first thing I will always recommend to everybody is to tailor your resume to the job that you're applying for. Mm-hmm. So that when you do apply for it, when we read the uh, resume, also keep this in mind. We only look at your resume for, for seven to nine seconds. That we, quick. We skim through it. So keep the, think about this. I'm a recruiter. Mm-hmm. I, I can be responsible for 10 to 15 jobs. So mm. with 10 to 15 jobs, there are a lot of people that's applying. So since I have to look at everybody else's resume, what makes you think I'm going to just thoroughly read yours point by point? I'm going to skim through it. 
make sure you have certain keywords, certain, inf certain information, and that's going to determine if I want to interview you or not. So that's why I tell people, when you create your resume, keep that in mind. I'm skimming through your resume. So if I'm skimming through your resume, make sure that the important points are on there so that that helps me decide right then and there, okay, I want to give this person a chance. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. Another thing too, and, I, and I've been noticing this, a lot of people, and this is not a bad thing, a lot of people care more about the design of the resume than the content. Not saying that doesn't matter. I design my resumes too when I work with my yeah. clients, but I've seen some people focus more on the design itself than the resume. I, I saw a resume where, you know, it looked like beautiful, great, but they only had two, inf like, what, two <laughs> information about their job experience. Mm -hmm. And it was so minimal that I was just like, I don't know anything about you. So that's why I tell people, you know, the content matters a lot. Yeah. If you want to design your resume, that helps, but don't sacrifice it. Don't sacrifice the content just to make your resume look appealing. Does that make sense? So yeah. those are the two things that really come to mind. Um, there's probably a lot more with resumes, but I know for okay. a fact those are the two main ones that I always see job seekers do. As far as, you know, using the same resume for like different jobs without tailoring it, sometimes, and this is not everyone, mm -hmm. but sometimes that can come from a place of laziness. I know, because I was that college student, right? <laughs> you know, you know, when I, back when I was you know, lazy, right? right? And I'm like, okay, I don't want to change this. I'm just, you know, it's right. good bullet points in general about me, right? Yeah. So I'm just going to send to you. <laughs> so it's like, don't be lazy. I right? just, just, just tailor that uh, to, to that job. Right. hundred yeah. percent. So what about LinkedIn? Mm-hmm. What uh, mistakes uh, do you see people making on a LinkedIn page? I mean, for me, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm active on there. And some some of these people, like, pictures on there, I'm like, okay, is yeah. that really professional? Yeah. I know what you mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, for one, they don't finish it. That's that's one thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So keep this in mind. LinkedIn has an algorithm. So if you want your LinkedIn page to be noticed, you want to kind of make sure it fits the algorithm. So first thing first complete the LinkedIn page. Mm -hmm. So every section they have on there, make sure you finish it. And kind of the same thing with the resume. Use certain keywords. Use certain things that relate to the industry. Like for mm -hmm. certain people, they say, I'm currently pursuing this or I'm currently doing that. And that's important. But what industry are you interested in? Or okay. what job are you trying to get? If you know what industry or what job you're interested in, look up the keywords that matches that industry and put that in your LinkedIn page. So for example, me, I'm a recruiter. So if you look at my LinkedIn page, I'll probably put something related to talent acquisition. Well, I actually changed it now because now I kind of use my LinkedIn more for my business now, besides when I was looking for a job, but why use my headline? So for those of you that don't know what the headline is, where, you know, under your uh, profile picture, it tells, it lets, um, it lets you tell the reader who you are. So say for example, yeah. Brianna, um, podcasts or things like that. Mm -hmm. What people would do is they'll put their name. They'll say, uh, "Currently seeking employment in this." Seen that? You you'll be surprised. So there's this thing called LinkedIn Recruiter, and this is what uh, this is what recruiters use to find candidates. So one thing that people forget is while you're applying, we're also looking. So if I recall, I think they said 95%. I don't know if that changed, but 95% of recruiters use LinkedIn to find job seekers. We mm -hmm. use this thing called LinkedIn Recruiter to find job seekers based on the keywords, based on job titles, based on headlines. So imagine, you know, looking up these uh, job seekers and all you see is currently seeking employment, currently seeking employment, currently seeking, seeking employment. 
which is good. That is that lets us know that you're looking for a job, mm-hmm. but how does that make you stand out? What about you makes you stand out? So, for example, you have a business. You have a certain brand about yourself that makes you different from other people, right? Mm-hmm. So, what's very important is when creating your LinkedIn page, think about your personal brand. Who are you? What is it that you want somebody to know about you before they meet you? Are you someone who is known as a hard worker? Are you someone who's won many awards? There's one person in the resume writing industry right now mm-hmm. on her LinkedIn page. She she puts that she wins resume awards almost every year. <laughs> I can't I can't get really? mad at her, but I mean she stands out. Yeah. But she's she's doing something that's showcasing what makes her different compared to other resume writers. So mm-hmm. what matters is is like I said, use certain keywords in your resume. I mean on your LinkedIn page, mm-hmm. and kind of like like you said, the pictures. Use a professional picture. Yeah. I'm not trying to judge people, but I've seen some pictures. <laughs> I've seen some pictures where I'm like, yeah, you might want to change that. Yeah. Um, and I think also, I think the one thing that's very important is how people endorse you and recommend you. The best people who can speak mm-hmm. up for you is the people who've worked with you. So if you, I mean, you're a business, so what matters? Testimonies, mm-hmm. reviews. You don't go to a store or to an event. If you see bad reviews saying this place is horrible, don't go there. Yeah. You want people to speak up for you. So get those endorsements, uh, get those recommendations, fill out each section on the LinkedIn page. There's so much more, but just those little things itself. Also, one more thing I forgot on mm. the skill section. This is also something that people mess up on. On the skill section, they'll tell you what skills do you have. Mm. Actually put the skills that matches the industry or the job you're trying to get. Kind of going back to that janitor a uh, statement I made earlier, people just put anything, oh, I was a cashier, uh, yeah. I did customer services. That's cool if the job you're trying to get relates to that mm. or shows that you have skills, but if you're trying to be a manager or if you're trying to be an engineer, that doesn't correlate to what they're looking for. So look up mm-hmm. the key skills that that uh, matters to that job. If you have it, don't lie. If you have it, put it on. Because sometimes, look, during these interviews, they will test you sometimes. They'll pull your card. Yeah, they'll pull your card. So, yeah. And they can tell, like, yeah, dude just lied to me. Yeah. <laughs> right. So look up those key skills that matter. Put that on your skill session so that when we use LinkedIn Recruiter, you'll be one of the first LinkedIn pages that we see. Mm-hmm. So like I said, I know I said a lot, but that's something that really matters on LinkedIn. I would even argue that, link, that a LinkedIn page is just as important as a resume. Because Yeah, because like I said, I got my job because of LinkedIn. And even before I got my job, once I optimized my page and I started to reach out to recruiters myself, because that matters, I started getting more job interviews. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand the game when it comes to LinkedIn. So like I said, that's just, that's just some little things right there. I like that. So uh, two things there. So endorsements and recommendations on LinkedIn are very important. Yeah. I started getting those when I was in college. I oh, had nice. pro- I had professors saying, "Hey, you know, if you, you're, you know, past my class at A or B, ask ask me for a recommendation on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll say, hey, she was an excellent student, always on time. You know, when you're fresh out of college, that matters. So you can start as soon as college, right? Getting these endorsements and uh, recommendations. Uh, even so, like one thing that I used to do, I don't do as much because I'm, you know, handling a lot of other things right now. But <laughs> on LinkedIn, I used to just every month I, I was writing blogs, you know. That's what's up. And when you write those on LinkedIn, it sends an email to your followers and, hey, Brian, just shared this. Yeah. And 
that matters um, to your industry, right? So yes. I'm in marketing, you know, I'm going to write a blog on LinkedIn about uh, a, a, a new marketing trend yes. or marketing tactics. That's that's highly yeah. overlooked. Yeah, that's that's creating content. So it kind of yeah, it kind of relates it kind of relates to you know uh, utilizing certain strategies to make you stand out. Yeah, if you create content and people see that you are expert in something, mm-hmm. they come to you for your services. That's actually one of the ways how I was able to get clientele on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to marketing, LinkedIn is a huge pool of job seekers. So mm-hmm. since I know that's one of my strongest uh, areas to get my clients. I post content on there. Mm-hmm. And you'll be surprised how many people message me on LinkedIn saying, hey, I see your resume writer. Can we talk about maybe what services you provide? So, you know, showing your expertise, being consistent, that's one thing too, because it is. Consistency does, I think people really <laughs> overlook that. I know we say that a lot, but once I did it, I see what they're talking about. When you're consistent, people start to expect to get get information from you mm-hmm. and they start to engage with your content and engaging with your content matters because the more people that engage, it helps you with the algorithm, the LinkedIn, the LinkedIn algorithm. So yeah. more people come to you. So like I said, marketing is a very pivotal thing when it comes to getting a job and honestly running a business. So yeah, like I said, it works in two folds. Yeah. And so as far as creating content and like making posts on LinkedIn, how do you feel about, uh, sensitive issues so I seen like okay when, when Trump was running for president mm-hmm. right I seen like so many people voicing their opinion on there and they were getting just it, it, like whichever way they agreed right mm-hmm. people were just like no this isn't for LinkedIn like right, right. do you encourage people to stay away from that because people say hey it's my LinkedIn it's, my, it's who I am right. I want to post that but I'm like that, that when you're is, looking for a job, it's a little. I agree with you. Uh, it, it's is it really depends. Uh, yeah, I say it just really depends on you. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't feel like there's a right or wrong answer. I think what matters is what are you comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I know some people who are resume writers who post content related to that, where they're being honest and they're speaking their mind. Mm-hmm. My thing is this: I'm a huge advocate of if you make a decision on something, know the pros and know the cons. And then just Stand go for it. it. Right. So if you somebody who want to speak on stuff like that, don't get me wrong. I got respect for you because you like, yeah. hey, I'm, I'm going to speak my mind whether people want to or not. And sometimes I say this too. You will say certain things or you have to say certain things that not everybody's going to agree with. I'm not going to act like I haven't post content, not since the content, not since some topics, but I have post content where people are responding and say, I don't agree with that. But it's something where we have a discussion because mm-hmm. I'm coming from a resume writer <clears throat> and a recruiter perspective, right? Mm-hmm. But like I said, what matters is, are you okay with that? Mm-hmm. Because for me, sometimes I feel like I have to say certain things that y'all might not agree with, but I'm telling you this as a recruiter, no, this, that, like somebody told me, uh, a job seeker, we should find out if we, uh, if we move to the next round in 48 hours. That's not always, that's not always that's possible. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Because like I say, the hiring manager, they have yeah. a job too. So they got to fulfill their roles and their responsibilities. And sometimes, too, they're dealing with other things. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Me as a recruiter, I would prefer that. But I can understand why some hiring managers can't do that. So I need you to understand why they don't do that. And some understand. Mm-hmm. Some snap at me. But <laughs> that, but that's that's just part of just being a content creator where you just have that. But when it comes to those topics, like I said, it's pros and cons to anything. It just matters on what you're comfortable with. Facts like this podcast, you know, I'm, I'm giving advice for, you know, not just our community, but anyone can use this advice. Right. right. But I really want our community to hone in to, you know, so we can continue to grow. 
and people may not agree with some of the stuff I'm saying, but I'm like, I'm speaking from a place of, you know, me, you know, being able to elevate and seeing right. everyone else who's successful like yourself elevate. I'm, I'm just giving advice and right. tips on based on what I see. You can agree with it or not. Right. You know, that's just that, that's just what it is. That's content creation. And to be honest, it's actually part of your personal brand, too. So yeah. it, it can actually work in your events because some people like that. There are some people who say, hey, I like what you speak on. Yeah. I want to work with you. So, yeah. like I said, it has its pros and its cons, but it just depends on what you want to do. Okay. As far as um, recruitment, uh, how do someone approach a recruiter on LinkedIn or, like, <laughs> I mean, do you have like a template for that? Because like I get so many messages on LinkedIn every day. I'm like, I stop looking at them. Yeah, you know, I have over twenty five thousand followers, and it's like, okay, I mean, right, that's a lot. Like, how do you approach like get through all the the static that a recruiter is getting in there? Well, well, for one, a lot of a lot of job seekers don't do it. That's why I say it's an advantage, I, basically, right? <laughs> but that's why I recommend. And maybe once I say this, I'm like, oh my god, I got like a hundred people messaging me now. <laughs> well, first thing first is do it mm. because, like I like I said earlier, I'm responsible for ten to fifteen jobs. So mm. since I'm responsible for so many jobs, I have a lot of people apply. There may be a chance that I might not even look at your resume. One thing that matters too, be one of the first people that apply. Because there are certain times where a hiring manager can tell me, hey, I'm done. I don't want to look at no more applications. I think I have a, a good idea who I want. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to that, I tell people, just just send a simple message. This is what I did. I literally went to the um, I went to the company page on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I looked up who the recruiters were or who worked in HR. I just sent a simple message. Hey, my name is Kareem. Um, um, I see you got this position open. If you have time, I just want to talk about why my skills match what just looking for. Here's my resume. Can we talk? Nice. And just see if they respond. If they do not respond, because this is something I gotta I gotta make sure I make. No. <laughs> if they do not respond, I mean you could do it one more time, but please do not keep respond do not keep messaging them because they're giving you a hint. Either they don't want to talk to you, mm -hmm. or like I said, they just probably not checking their LinkedIn page themselves. But if they don't respond, just move on. That's why I actually advocate. Reach out to, I say, three to five recruiters. Because, mm -hmm. like I said, if that one person doesn't respond, that other person may respond. So it, it at least increases the possibility it's that somebody... It's a numbers somebody, game. Yeah, it's a numbers game. I mean, that's what, what they say. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Mm. So that's what I'm saying. If that one person doesn't respond, don't focus on that one person. I mean, if you got their manager on LinkedIn, reach out to their manager. I've had people who've reached out to other people at my job, and they'll tell me, hey, Kareem, this person applied. Can you talk to them? Or, hey, it looks good. So... That's what I'm saying. Try to reach out to as many recruiters as you can. Just send that email and say, hey, can we talk? And then just, like I said, just see what they say. And this is why I say also optimize that LinkedIn page. Mm -hmm. Because if you message us, if you uh, message us, we see your resume is good, and we look at your LinkedIn page and it's good, we'll probably talk to you. But it's all about being proactive. Like a lot of people, I think the, the biggest mistake a lot of people do is they just apply for a job and they wait. Mm -hmm. Everybody's doing that. So since everybody's doing that, you want to do something different. Yeah. Don't just wait. Apply for the job. Reach out to the recruiter or go into the go into the building. I had a I had an old head who told me this one time. <laughs> <laughs> no, he but he gave me some real information because I was like, just do this. It's like Kareem, why would I do that when I can just go into the store and just give him my resume? You're right. <laughs> he right. That's right? simple. But it's it's still <laughs> it's still being proactive. So that's yeah. the main thing. 
as long as you're proactive doing the job search, then I would argue that that increases your chances of getting a job if you're qualified. And also, even if you're not qualified, here's another thing. It's a networking opportunity because sometimes they're cool enough, they'll give you some advice. One dude, um, for one job I applied for, I wasn't qualified, mm. but the guy, he was so cool, he actually had a phone conversation with me and said, hey, this is what I think you need to do to stand out. Like, he gave me some very effective nice. tips, and I actually still have him on LinkedIn as a friend. But like I said, it's just, there's so many opportunities from just reaching out to people that you'll be very surprised. Yeah, and not only just, like you said, messaging, you know, the recruiters, but managers too. Like, I was an employee uh, working for a company, uh, and someone who uh, who won an internship that reached out to me, I'm like, I'm not a hiring manager or a manager at all, but still, I'll pass your information along. Right. So, reach out to employees as well, you know, right. um, that's crucial. So, I know one of the things you have in your packages is interview prep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, interviewing is interesting. I mean, it's, it's different for for everyone, right? Some people are terrible at interviewing, right? Mm. Uh, some people are good at it, and I think a big part of that is helping them get over that mental hurdle. Yeah, you know, I agree. With and that. you have to go into an interview thinking, like, knowing, like, hey, I'm good enough, I'm qualified. So, can you talk about like your interview prep? Like, what kind of questions do you ask them? Like, behavioral? Like, do you help them with the mental aspect? Well, I know for me, uh, when I interview people, I try to make it more relaxing. So yeah. I, I actually had a I actually had a bad experience with somebody who interviewed me in uh, grad school, Same. and that <laughs> that influenced how I am with people. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm a firm believer that it doesn't have to be so serious. Like I can't stand those recruiters who they just ask you a question, they just stare at you. Like, what's your name? Yeah, Dude, relax. <laughs> like, let's, let's have a conversation. So for me, first thing first, what I do. I try to have a conversation. Like, for example, um, I had a conversation with somebody from New York, right? Nice. So I'm like, you're a Knicks fan? This man got so excited <laughs> when yeah. we had that conversation. Uh, I talked to somebody else who was a Beyonce fan. My sister is a huge Beyonce fan. So, like, I try to, <laughs> I try to, you know, break the ice where I make them comfortable first. And you'll be surprised. Once they're, once they're comfortable talking to you, they start to tell you more information mm-hmm. that, you know, helps them stand out. So that's what I personally do. And I know that. Our recruiters don't do that. So I know for some job seekers, I just recommend, you know, do some things to kind of just, you know, calm you down, whether that's meditate, taking a walk, mm. you know, running, something like that. Just relax. That's the one thing. Cause believe it or not, we're scared too as recruiters. Yeah. <laughs> because don't get me wrong, when you when you first interview people, it's kind of a nervous thing because you're like, Am I gonna say the right things? But they ask me a question I don't know. These are some things that recruiters think about. But mm. like I said, just be yourself. Of course, practice your practice your uh, responses and just like I said, just make it personable. Ask me that question again. I feel like I just went off on a tangent. No, no, no. Okay. I mean, you you answered it. You know, okay. as far as uh, what goes into your interview prep. Yeah. You know, and I think that's key. And also, hiring managers can learn a lot from this too because I've yes. had some terrible interviews, and I'm like what are you doing and they're not yeah. like fresh out of college interviewing me they're like yeah. seasoned professionals i'm like and you, you're still not good at making the interviewee comfortable so one thing that we try to do uh as recruiters because he keeps this in mind too they're not they're not in hr they're not recruiters mm-hmm. so they don't sometimes understand that the way that they come in during the interview can affect how a job seeker responds or just how they act. So yeah. I know at my job, what we try to do is we try to, you know, teach them, we try to help them out and say, hey, at the end of the day, the job seeker's goal is to impress you, but don't forget, you also have to impress them. Yeah. 
And mm-hmm. I think a lot of hiring managers forget that because I tell people all the time, you were once job seekers. <laughs> yeah. So keep in mind how you felt when you were interviewing when you were interviewing for a job and people made you feel uncomfortable or even worse, you never got back to them on if you want to move them to the next round want to move them to the next round or not. So I hate that. I, I hate that too, still. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Be just just kind of be personable. Don't don't come in and like, oh, you 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 should want this job or you should deserve this yeah, job. You have to impress me. Right. And also yeah. keep this in mind. We're probably not the only job they're talking to. Mm-hmm. So don't think that the experience that they felt during this interview won't play a factor in them wanting to choose this job if we make an offer to them. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say we're hiring men. We try to help them, teach them. Like I say, it works. It works both ways. It's not always the job seekers. Sometimes as recruiters, you got to do better in our field too. But I feel like that's where it opens up the opportunity to learn different ways to make the experience more enjoyable for, for both parties. I like that. Dropping knowledge. Thank you. For sure. So... As far as getting clients for HR Depot, mm-hmm. uh, how do you go about doing that? Is it most of your clients like word of mouth? Because mm-hmm. like for my marketing business, most of my clients was word of mouth. I just yeah. recently started marketing. But other than that, I never had to, because yeah. I was always always busy from referrals. Yeah. So originally it was word of mouth. So people okay. who knew I was doing it, they recommended uh, people to come to me for that. My main, my main, main source is LinkedIn, like I said. So it relates to what we said earlier. Once I started posting content mm-hmm. related to uh, resume writing, excuse me, once I started letting people know I'm a resume writer, they started to message me saying, hey, I see you're a resume writer. Can I talk about your services? Nice. On LinkedIn, they used to, they have something called LinkedIn Profinder. I think they closed that now, mm-hmm. but they have uh, a feature on there where you kind of put your services on your page and people can see that and, you know, request your services. So, for me, it was LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my main source. Uh, and there are also other services as well. I mean, other websites. So like Fiverr, uh, Dumbtack. Uh, what I do sometimes too is you can go to organizations like nonprofits and do maybe a, uh, a seminar or a workshop. Mm. And that actually brings in clientele. But that's how I do it. <laughs> but for me, my main, my main marketing is really um, organic. It's really just, like I said, just nice. posting content commenting on other people's uh, posts as well and just bring people in that way. Nice, nice. That's good. And I think what's key there is you said just letting people know what you do. Yeah. And me and my business partner was talking about this recently. We were uh, coaching someone, giving her advice as a skincare business. And I said, okay, when you go on that person's social media, you don't say anything about skincare. Oh, yeah. You know, people have businesses and no one knows what what you're doing besides your family and friends. It's not a real business if no one knows what you're doing and you're not putting yourself out there, right. you know. So you, it's it's as simple as just saying, "Hey, this is me. This is why I offer." Right. And people don't even do that step, and it's kind of like, right. "Okay, then what are we doing?" There's a there's a book. I don't know if you ever heard this book called the E Myth. The E Myth. No. This this is this is one that I'm not gonna lie. I'm like, the, um, one of my professors made me read this book in class, mm-hmm. and that was one of the effective books I read. What a lot of entrepreneurs mess up on is mm. they think because they're good at one skill, they can do something else. So, for example, mm-hmm. because I know how to do skincare or because I know how to do resumes, I know how to run a business, right? Mm-hmm. That's not the same. Yeah. <laughs> Those are two different things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know how to write resumes, but do you know how to run a business? And I think for a lot of people, they they don't realize that and they need to understand it's, it's different skills. So, mm-hmm. if you want to run a business, you need to learn how to run a business. 
you knowing how to do skincare is two different things, mm-hmm. right? That's just a service that you can do that can bring clientele in or have people, you know, recommend to come over to you. But running a business itself is very, very different. Yeah. So that's why I tell people all the time, yeah, you know how to do that. Now learn how to run a business itself. Get a business coach. I got a business coach right now, and she killing the resume game too. Shout out to my uh, coach, Mel. Oh, she's seen it too. But, <laughs> right, shout out to my coach. But, you know, have people around you who really help you out with those services. Yeah, for sure. If 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 you want to grow, learn how to run yes. a business. Yes. Because something that entrepreneurs do is that they're really good at one thing, they get cocky. You know? And, you know, we've, we've all been there. Like, but as you get older, you become more humble and just know that Throughout your entire life, you have to continue educating yourself. Yeah. If you don't, you, you're falling behind. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> I think a lot of people really don't understand the importance of being educated. And when I say educated, I'm not talking about just going to school. That's one way Man, of being yeah. educated. I know some people who take courses. I know people who read books. I know people mm-hmm. who listen to podcasts. Me, I'm a YouTube person. So yeah. a lot of the stuff I learned was through YouTube. But educating yourself is very important because the more you know, the more that you understand certain things and it kind of helps you learn how to run a business. So like I say, if you're not continuing to educate yourself and getting better, then you're really falling behind because as you can see, things Mm -hmm. always adapt. Things always change. Mm -hmm. Things are never the same. So either you adapt with it or you just, you just fall behind. So that's why I tell people, I don't care what you do, but always make sure you educate it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I make sure to to read at least one or two books a month. Okay. A month, and I still take courses on social media marketing, right? Yeah. You know, I'm good at it, but, you know, I can never know too much. Right. And I never know everything because everything is changing. Right, especially in the industry because there's always somebody who knows more than you. Yeah. So that's why, that's why I say it. it's part of being humble where don't be afraid to ask people for advice or ask for, hey, I see you doing this. Can you kind of give me some tips on, like, what you're doing, how I can, how I can get that? You'll be surprised. Some people are very helpful yeah. and very willing to give you some tips. I actually reached out to uh, somebody uh, and this is kind of unrelated to public speaking because I'm in Toastmasters, right? Yeah, same. And so, okay, cool. So, do you know who uh, Ramona Smith is? Ramona Smith. So, she won the uh, World Public Speaking Contest in 2018. Uh. Yeah, the World Public Speaking Contest. I just reached out to her. She was like, cool. And actually, later today, wow. <laughs> later today, she's supposed to give me some feedback on my speech. Yeah. And that was all because I reached out to her personally. But, it's like I said, it's just asking for help. So, just... Being humble and saying that I don't know everything mm-hmm. and there's somebody else that knows more than me, you'll be surprised how far that takes you. Yeah, and, and having an open mind. You say you know other resume writers that you communicate with. Yeah. I think an issue with us, especially in our coaches, that we're quick to look at anyone who does the same thing we do as competition. Yeah. We're just like, forget them, you know, but collaboration over competition. Yeah, I agree. I always say that. We can get further by collaborating and helping each other. Yeah. It's not. It doesn't have to be a competition. It's enough money in the world for everybody. Enough whatever in the world for everybody. I agree with that. I, I think that's a abundance mindset, but yeah. a lot of people have a limited mindset. Yeah, I think I, I I get it. We all trying to get paid, but don't feel like you can't ask for help. I yeah, th- I think for me that's the one thing that I learned just from just everything I went through. Because I told you, the 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 place where I'm at right now is because I asked other people for help. Mm-hmm. My family, my mentors, my friends. Uh, like I said, I got people in my circle who do some amazing things. I got some entrepreneurs. Like, for example, one of my closest friends, she made my website for me. 
I got some friends who I go to for advice just in job circling. Like one of my friends said something to me that still to this day, it stays in my mind. He said, keep this in mind. The job, the buyer, they want to pay as less as possible. Mm-hmm. An entrepreneur wants you to spend as much as possible. So not mm-hmm. everybody's going to want to take your service because they want the cheapest option. So don't take it personal. That's just how part it is. Of the game. Yeah, it's part of the game. But don't let that, don't undervalue yourself though. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's what I'm saying. All that came from just other people being around me. And like I said, ain't nothing wrong with competition because you want to you wanna be the best version of yourself. Mm. But I feel like don't, don't be competitive to the point where you don't feel like you can't be inspired or go to other people for advice. Yeah. And I think for me, that's the thing that I never understand. There's nothing wrong with competition. I just don't like that toxic competition where you try to, you know, man. shoot people in the back and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, man. Some people are very helpful. And for me, I'm very thankful in the resume writing industry that I have met some very helpful, cool people. Like, for example, my coach Mel, that dude Brandon Mitchell, who I told you about. I reached out to him. He gave me some advice. Uh, the other dude named Leander, who killing it. I reached out to him. But, you know, like I said, people are willing to help other people. You just got to just at least ask. Yeah. That's another thing, too. People, they assume things before they actually give it a shot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ask them. See if they'll ask. give you a shot. Because they might do it. The thing is, in your mind, you don't think they'll do, you don't you don't yeah. think that they'll help you. So as soon as you get your mindset correct, then you'll be surprised by the opportunities that come. For sure, and really quick, it's a good book. It's called Ask or Just Ask. Okay. And then my mentor in college gave it to me. He said, you know, just read this book. He said, you want more customers? Just ask. <laughs> ask your clients. Hey. You know, do you know anyone who keeps my services? You know, just ask. You can go a long way. Okay, I'm gonna check that I'm out. Asking, it's, it's 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 a good book. I forget who's by. I read it a while ago, but it's really good, and it and it touches on that point basically. Okay. And you brought up your website. Well, that's one thing I was really impressed with. I said he has a website. Not only is it just a website, it's a really good website. Thank you. Like not many entrepreneurs, even when they get to a point where they have the money to invest in a website. They still don't. They write back Gucci and Lou. It's the priority is messed up. But I say he has a website and it's nice. You can tell he put some money into it. You know, he I, I was like impressed. And and, and it's and it's messed up, right? Because yeah. that that's like basic. Yeah. But it's not to everyone who has a business. Right. Well, I, I, I would say this. If you don't have a website, then you're missing one of the most important things you need for a business because people need to find a place to find you. So if yeah. you're if you're giving out services, where can people come to ask you about your services and know how much you charge? I think people need to understand that it's an investment. Yeah. <laughs> and like I said, I know for a lot of these investments we, we make, it's a lot of money. But the main goal is what is the long-term effect of that investment? I knew once I started this business, I need a website because one, I need a place where people can see my services. I need a place where I can get testimonies. I actually got a testimony this week. Somebody who I helped, he's trying to get a uh, business development rep job. Mm-hmm. He said like, man, I got this job at Amazon, bro. Thank you. Right? Nice. So you think I'm, I'm saying, hey, give me a testimony, bro. Yeah. But if I didn't have a website, where would I put that at? Mm-hmm. So I, I highly recommend everyone who has a business, whether you're an entrepreneur, a uh, solopreneur, whatever, you need a website. For sure. Let's move on to clients. Okay. Right? How do you deal with client uh, objections uh, when it comes to price? Okay. You know, because like you said, everyone wants to pay the least amount of money, uh-huh. right? They, they don't think of it as an investment. 
more so just a expense, a cost. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that? You know, because I always tell people I'm not in the business of convincing. Yeah. You know, people say, hey, you have to be good in sales if you have a business, right. which I agree with. But at, at a certain point, if, if if I get the feel that a client is just not willing to invest in something, I just be like, I agree. It's not worth my time. So how do you deal with well, that? First thing first, I let them know that I have a payment plan. So I use this thing called Partially. Nice. All right. So if your if your excuse is I don't have that type of money up front now, mm-hmm. okay. Well, here's this payment plan. Yeah. Will that work? After that, you have no excuse. <laughs> right. But pull that car with yeah, that. Because <laughs> you know sometimes they try. Like I had one dude um, this week talking about. Hey, I want to use your service, but I only have a budget a budget of a hundred dollars. I need a, I need a better deal. That sound personal. Yeah, that's real personal. <laughs> that got nothing to do with me, man. But like I told you, uh, and this is something that my uh, business coach Mel told me when I first first started, because she actually got on me about my prices <laughs> when uh, when I first started. She she said, "Don't undervalue yourself. Mm-hmm. If you know what value you bring to people, pay people like charge people like you are a valuable person." I actually had a client. Funny story. I had a uh, a person who was about to be my client tell me. I'm glad you charge these prices because if you charge less, I will not take you serious. Mm. So that's another thing that entrepreneurs got to think about as wow. well. While you're probably thinking, oh, I need every client. Sometimes when people see that you're charging a cheaper price, they're probably going to be like, okay, so. Rookie. Yeah, are you a rookie? <laughs> are you somebody who's not too confident in your services? So yeah. keep that in mind. And like I said, you work hard for what you do. I took classes. I mean, I got some testimonies. I got people who got some good paying jobs. So why should I not get paid for that? Yeah. So not everybody's a client. If people cannot, if they can't pay for your services, if you have a plan, like I said, I know for certain people, there's different scenarios, which I understand, but mm-hmm. I'm running a business. So like I said, if, <laughs> if it's not going to work out, then move along. I tell them all the time, look, you can go to Fiverr. You can go yeah. to, right. You can go to these places where they're cheaper. They probably won't do your resume the same and some will, but I've seen some resumes where I'm like, oh, okay. I actually had one of my clients go to somebody from there. He's like, they didn't, they gave me this, and I'm like, oh, okay. Change mm-hmm. his resume, change his LinkedIn, and now he's an HR manager. So I'm just saying, you you get what you invest in. 100%. Yeah. Uh, just lots of good knowledge dropped um, by Kareem. So let's go to the entrepreneurship section, okay. section of this. So what general advice do you have for someone looking to start a business well, first thing first, I think this is the most important thing, and it relates to the mindset. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. And I know people like that, that. That doesn't sound encouraging, but I think it is. One thing I've learned from so many entrepreneurs, so many successful people is they messed up somewhere. They failed. A lot. They, right. They failed a lot. They messed up. Let's be honest. When you do something for the first time, it can be embarrassing because you're afraid that you might do it differently than everybody else. That's where you grow. Mm-hmm. So once you put your foot out there, first be okay with messing up because it's through messing up that you get better. I think for me, I guess since I come from a martial arts background, so nice. right, so I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and I actually uh, just got into MMA this year. I've gotten beaten up in the gym sometimes, right? <laughs> but, yeah. but through each lesson, I learned some things, right? Yeah. So it was through that that I learned how to get better in what I'm doing. So when it comes to running a business or whatever service you do, don't be afraid to mess up. Because like I said, everybody, if any entrepreneur tells you that they've never messed up anywhere, I would really want to question them and say, how? Because I I just don't believe that no successful person ever made a mistake or messed up. 
So that's the one thing. Get the mindset right in being okay with failing because through those mistakes and through those failures comes success. Mm -hmm. And also, too, like I said, don't be afraid to ask for help. I think for me, one thing that I'm blessed with is having a good support system. Like I said, my family, uh, my friends, my coaches, people, they always come to me and they give me some real advice. Some give me some, some advice that I may have needed to hear at a certain point. Some encourage me when I feel down. Some provide me some extra resources. But like I said, I got people who I can rely on. So those are the two biggest things that I can really think of. Yeah. So what are your plans for HR Depot in the future? Oh, so my plans right now is, one, I'm updating my process. So I'm trying to update nice. my process to automate a lot of things. I'm also looking to hire some resume writers. So that's the plan. Nice. And currently, I'm working on a book called Seven Seconds Resume. Really? Yeah, seven Seconds Resume. Yeah, I mean, Seven Second Resume. Nice. <laughs> I talk fast sometimes. So I'm working on that. And um, like I said, I'm just trying to grow to where I started doing courses. Uh, career coaching is something I'm looking into doing. And <clears throat> there's actually something I'm working on uh with my first mentor, because uh, he's trying to do his own thing too. But you know, stay tuned for that. But I'm just trying to grow it. That's that's powerful. A lot of good stuff coming up uh, from you. Thank you. So, where can people find you on social media? Okay, so my social media is Kareem underscore Roger Rogers three. On LinkedIn, it's my name Kareem Rogers. On the headline, it says uh, Recruiter at BCU. Uh, resume writer owner at HR Depot. I highly recommend following me on LinkedIn because I'm always posting content on there. Mm -hmm. I did take a break uh, just for personal things, but I'm back to posting content on Monday. Yeah. So like I said, if you need jobs, job seeking tips, resume writing, LinkedIn, you can go to my LinkedIn page for that. And like I said, my res my website is uh, hrdepotllc.com. Man, you you do you do a lot a lot of amazing work and really and really quick something I forgot to touch on. Uh, what else are you involved in? Oh. <laughs> I, I know you mentioned real estate. Yeah, right? yeah. So uh, I actually got my first property in when was that? I think it, in August. I'm sorry, I got my first property in, Oof, in August. Congratulations, yeah. man! Thank you, thank you. And the goal is to get some more, but that was something that was. You know, it was long in the making. I come from a family of people in real estate. Uh, like I said, my biggest influence for that was my dad. So I did that to make him proud. And like I said, I'm just so happy that I finally got me a piece of property. Man, much love, much love. That's that's good because the biggest uh, wealth building hacks, one of them is real estate. Yeah. Man. No, I, I, I recommend that everybody get into real estate. You, Everyone. You'll be surprised just by how lucrative that business is. I mean, mm -hmm. just the amount of money I'm about to make in my one building by itself. You best believe I'm, I'm about to get plans to get some more. Man, but but no, it's that's that's a huge money-making machine right there. All right. Well, there you have it, people. Kareem Rogers, thank you for coming on and blessing us. Uh, and me and him, we may do some um, lives on Instagram yeah. and just drop more knowledge for you guys. So follow Affluent in Black uh, on Instagram, Facebook, you name it, and uh, TikTok. And follow Kareem. So thank you. Thank you. See you later, people. All right, peace. peace.